Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good afternoon. My name is Jerome, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet. Um, I get to be the lead pastor here, and that's really neat, which basically is uh, pastor is a glorified title f- to go low and empower all people. Right? And at the end of the day, it's really about what God's put in you, and I pray that these messages encourage you, inspire you. And, and today is a day that we're going to get outside our sphere a little bit and be challenged to say, I have a box that I'm comfortable in, whether I can recognize that or not, and if I can begin to recognize it, how can I see outside my box for the potentials of what God is doing? The Holy Spirit is often outside our box, all the time. A few weeks ago, we had a panel of people, and they were all sharing, and at the end of it, the panel was Solo Brooks, and he shared his promotion company called Outside In, and the heartbeat for it, to provide a platform for artists to be able to get their art out and host at different venues. And artists in church history have sometimes been received well and other times been shunned. And I loved hearing his story of how he's providing a platform for people to open up. Because artists a lot of times feel comfortable opening up through their art. In fact, that song that they just sung, it's amazing. You know, you got acoustic guitar, you got violin, or I mean, uh, flute, and then you got Christina helping with vocals as well. So you got little three. But there was a time that that would be sacrilegious to have a song that wasn't just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus explicit. That was outside the box. I know it's kind of hard to think, but one of the things I try to challenge myself, if 100 years from now, People looked back at my season of life. Would they think it was archaic? Or would they see someone who was forward thinking, who was living outside the box? And Solo was describing his heartbeat. He was saying how outside in stands for that we want to live outside the box. That way we'll never be trapped inside one. And I was thinking, oh, man, that's Christianity. (laughs) Like, that's us. We get trapped in our box. We let people put us in a box. And too often, we just go back, get in our box. And we're comfortable there because we can control the variables. But God wants to stretch us, I believe, and take us to places that are so outside our comfort zone. But even before we think of, okay, how do I go and how do I stay outside? Outside the four walls, right? We first have to see it correctly. We have to see that there is people, genres, businesses, hobbies, creativity, engineers. There are so many different spheres of life outside our little box. But we are selfish in nature. It's the sin nature. We want to be able to put everything in a box, and then too often we let people put us in a box. So I think about this, and I think a lot of times we see something as different, and and subconsciously or even consciously we deem it instantly as dangerous, that somehow different is synonymous with dangerous. 
And that is very damaging. When different, I, I want to invite us in. I think that everything that makes us different or makes other people different, the Lord wants to redeem, use, and that's where he shows off his best work is the things that make us different and unique. So if you feel different today in any type of way, that's great. God wants to use the places and spaces that are different and that make us different. That's how we got in this journey to begin with. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 27. I don't have screen, uh, verses on the screen today. This is just more from the heart as we're kicking off this outside October. And, you know, because even October is a little taboo when we think of how does October end? What's the holiday? Halloween. And then... The Jesus followers say, do I dress up? Don't I dress up? Do I let my kids trick or treat? Do I have a hallelujah party? Right? Do I say, hallowed be your name? Instead of Halloween, hallowed be your name? And I think there's some lines that we definitely shouldn't cross. Like if your kid wants to dress up as Chucky, you know, that's probably not profitable and probably not even permissible. But we for sure know probably not the perfect will of God. But, but if they want to be Cinderella, are we just going to constantly be the people, well, there's magic or there's this or there's that? Come on. God wants to get us outside of our boxes. And see outside. 1 Corinthians chapter 127, but God chose what is foolish in the world. To shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. The message puts it this way. Take a good look, friends. Look around. I want you to look around real quick. Take a good look. See if you can find any celebrities in the room. Any kings or queens in the room? Well, check this out. At who you were when you got called into this life, I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses? Chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of these somebodies. So in other words, what was outside the spheres of influence for success of how you would build a kingdom or build a team, that God wanted to choose what was minimized or outcast or outside those fears, then that's me and you. And if you don't know Jesus today, like, you get to be a part of that, that the outsider privilege, then you get to become an insider, but that no box, no culture, nothing can ever control you, and we got to constantly see outside. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right living and right thinking, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the same. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Thank God he uses the foolish things of the world to build his team. We have to get outside ourselves to even accept Jesus. It's a humbling position. I can't save myself. I didn't create this. And I'm a sinner guilty, but he says, 
He'll make me brand new by grace. And if you stop and think about it, how outside of the box is being a Christian? Think about it. Think about what we believe. We believe there's this dude who lived a sinless life, who was born, he was born from a virgin mom that the Holy Spirit knocked up. It caused some tension between mom and dad because dad was like, sure, Holy Spirit, can I just, uh, can we divorce before we're married? Because, like, I don't want to be the talk of the town, and I, and I want to cover you and protect you, so, um, yeah. <laughs> and then this guy goes on to live a sinless life, perform miracles, give sight to the blind, walk on water, uh, rose from the dead, teleported, walked through walls, even disguised himself at times. Um, yeah, Jesus. It's crazy to think what we believe, but yet in our heart of hearts, the eyewitness account that people believed it so much that they were willing to die for this outside faith. They were willing to give it all. And that's why we're here. That's why we gather on a Sunday, because we think Jesus is who he said he is. And therefore, that demands not a response, all response, like everything. He demands all of our attention and our affection. As we see outside, I want you to check this video out of something we got to do outside the four walls that we all got to be a part of. And I'll connect the dots of how that was possible. Check it out. Hey guys, we just left Shoe Carnival. Say hi, Bria. We purchased over a hundred pair of shoes and we are giving them away to Summer Place Kids on Saturday. We're so thankful that we get to do this. Um, yeah, we just wanna hop on here and show you guys everything. I'm ready to go. We are so excited and, and so honored to be able to love on the Summer Place Kids. It's gonna be off the chain. We can't wait. It's gonna be done! Check this out. Here's, here's how this came about. You know, people, when they get shoes, they just, it's like a haircut. Dignity. And in some inner cities, people have been killed over their shoes. So shoes have always been a, a connection point with, with people. And how this came about was some of the kids at Summer Place were like, hey, 
uh, I love those shoes. Like, boom, we gave them some shoes. And then some of the other kids were like, hey, we would all like a pair of shoes. And me being just my gift and my weakness, I was like, great, we'll get pairs for every kid. And then the team was like, bro, there's 250 kids' names we got. 250? I thought there was like 50. And then I looked at the, the total of what it would be. And when we picked up the truck from the fabricators, the fabricator, we had a check for about 10 grand that we were going to write uh, for the supplies. They were already donating $25,000 of labor. So we were just going to pay for the parts. And I get there, I got the check, and I'm like, hey, what's the amount? The guy's got tears in his eyes. He said, hey, what would you do with the money if you didn't pay it to me? I said, we would invest in the kids. He said, do that. And that roughly was 10 grand. And guess how much the shoes were? 10 grand. And so when you see that, one of the mistakes we could make is one of the mistakes we could make is, oh, we're sweet now because we gave away shoes. Or, oh, you know, they're not from America, so they need extra help. But what's really taking place is that's just, we had the means. It was a friendship moment. Let's get them shoes because a lot of them don't have shoes. And the truth is we learn a lot from them as well. So we're not there on, with an upper hand. We're there with a hand out together, not a hand out like to give and leave. It's a, it's a game changer, but it looks, it looks the same. But it, it's really important how we see it outside and how we see it on the inside. And everything in our life. And where I'm really thinking about how this impacts us today, where the rubber meets the road, is what do you feel different in your life? And how can we start letting the Lord define it? There's this phrase, maybe you've heard of it, sacred and secular. Sacred of what is God's, what's holy, what we can approve, what we can partake, we can receive. There's no errors. Like church, sacred. But let's be honest, church isn't this hour. Church is 365, 24-7. Church is you. Church is not a building. It's God's people he's building. And where Jesus, he restores the origin of all of creation in Matthew 28, verse 16, this is where he leaves us with the famous Great Commission. He says, now the 11 disciples, or now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Because some were like, hey, I got a box. I got some checklists. I need you to connect the dots because I'm, if I'm going to step outside, I got to know. And here's what he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We pause. That's a big claim. All authority on heaven and and earth is yours? Wait, what? If that's true, then therefore he's purchased back that everything is sacred and it's being perverted by the kingdom of darkness. And we could just start to use some examples. So technology, that's sacred. We shouldn't be afraid of technology. We got to think outside the box. Now there's chips coming out, and I know some of us can deem it as, all right, that might be the spirit of the Antichrist. And 
hey, there's a lot that we should be very cautious about for sure. But again, 100 years from now, what are people going to look back? It might be normative in church that they all got their little chip in their head and they're worshiping Jesus, you know? And then during worship service, this would be crazy. Everyone can like pitch and tune the genre (laughs) to whatever they like and the volume level so no one can ever complain ever again. (laughs) Get some. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know. But we got to see outside, get outside. You think of, is sex sacred or is it being used for only destruction? What's sacred? Populate. It's not good that man should be alone. But what Jesus was also saying was, hey, you know, you know, you see those strip clubs? Yeah, yeah. I bought the ability that you can go in there and you can redefine the story. You see those trap houses, you see where drugs are being trafficked. I bought the ability that you can go in there and it's holy ground still because you're there and you come in the name of Jesus and you can start to repoint of what's being perverted and we get back to the beginning. Look, hey, you got some things that's different. You got some things that's outside the will of God, but I wanna tell you that those are the very things that God wants to bring in. God wants to help you. God wants to change and transform because in those Places that are different, they're just perverted and distorted. God wants to use them, redefine them, so that they can actually be successful. So when we're worried about, is it Halloween, is it not, is it, it, it's, it's, they're sec, they're sec, they shouldn't even, we've got to continue to get outside our box, because we're missing the adventure of what God wants to do. There was a time when whites and blacks couldn't get married, they'd be killed, disowned by their family. It's a time when skaters were just total grunge outcasts and now, you know, this X Games. What's next? What's going to be the next thing? And how can we as Christians partake with it? Do you know there's this thing called video games? I know we've been fighting the current forever. You know what video games, just the, the industry, the, the dollar figures, you know what they beat? The movie industry. So video games are larger than the movie industry now. How many professional gamers do you guys know? You, you, who knows someone? You do? You know one? Dope. So we got one person in here. Anyone else? You know some professional gamers that get paid from it? Dope. You coach them. Cause, so you're a professional gamer. So you're a wave of the future. What else? So we got a handful of people. I have lived 39 years. I know in my sphere, I just figured that out. But in my sphere, I know zero professional gamers. That's, that's alarming for me. Because where's all these people gathering? <laughs> I got to see outside. They're gathering in a virtual world. Have you seen the movie uh, Ready Player One? Go watch that thing. It's a glimpse of where we're going. And we can be like, back in my day. Okay, I'm old enough now where everyone's day says the same thing. <laughs> so it, it's, done, it's done. Back in my day. You know, and the, and the, the, the millennials now are going to say the same thing. Well, back in my day. It was TikTok. <laughs> hmm. If Jesus has purchased everything, here's our response. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, all people outside of the church. Nations meaning people groups. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why that video is so beautiful, huh? teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is 
condition in us to see outside correctly and then eventually hopefully be outside, go outside, stay outside. But when you go outside, of course you're going to use wisdom. So let's say somebody was going to go to some of these fears. You don't go alone. Jesus sent people two by two. You don't go without wisdom. You get, a, you, you, of course, when a builder uh, builds, they have a plan. But a lot of times we use those excuses to not get outside and God is doing his best work outside of our boxes. And he uses what's outside for other, in other people's lives, which seems outside of ours, to actually do the best work in us too. So it's this cool, cool connection, cool rhythm. Um, very cool that Tim Keller writes, if he had to start with theologians, so people who know the Bible very well, or he had to start with artists, he would start with artists every time. He goes, because artists, you know, they're reflecting the beauty of God. They're thinking differently. Um, you get a bunch of people that know the Bible really well, and what you have is discussions, 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 discussions. That's, that's typically what happens. That's not, we should know our Bibles very well. Guess who knew their Bible very well? He's our Lord, Jesus. It seems like he was telling stories. He's out doing miracles, not the same way twice. I mean, he's game changer. Recruiting people that seem like misfits and outcasts. Misfit toys he wants in. The worship team, if you guys could come up. I want to close with a story. So I, um, sorry, I, uh, at 15, started making rap music. In 1988, I was listening to Public Enemy. I was listening to Sir Mix a lot. I had uh, Fear of a Black Planet tape. Uh, I'm living in Mason, listening to Fear of a Black Planet, playing Nerf. My cousins think I'm crazy. Why do I got this rap music? It just felt native. You know, a little white kid named Jerome. I remember beatboxing in kindergarten. It's part of my life. You know? And... We started, we got a band together at 15, and I started partying. Got kicked off the varsity basketball team, was doing jail time on the weekends in senior year. So if you're on the basketball team, there's only 12 of you, and you're in a little town like Mason, and then you're doing jail time on the weekends, everybody knows. And we're rapping, and we had uh, Dennis Preston, if you guys know him, he draws caricatures. Yeah, yeah, get it. There you go. Wow. I like this. Okay. All right. So in 1998, he drew our first cover. And we asked him to draw a picture, blunts and a bunch of weeds. So we took a picture of a bunch of weed. We asked him to draw. And we wanted us as superheroes. Most of the music I made was about weed or we're cooler than you. Battle rap was really big, remember? And, um, and he just did it. Well, I didn't know that he was a Christian and he was seeing outside and meeting us where we were at. And then many years later, he's, he's drawn here at, at church here. He drew a picture one time during service. He drew the city, all the business downtown, and then he drew the homes. And he drew a heart really big in the center of it and he had hand pointed down and said, basically like, look, this is God's heart to connect all types of people. And it was so beautiful. He didn't know a lot about us. He didn't know the heart, all this. That was really divine, prophetic. I have the 
picture in my office still. But he told me many years after when I was rapping for Jesus, he told me, I knew there was something in you. I knew it. I'm like, well, why didn't, why'd you draw blunts for us then? He was like, he goes, because you guys were, you weren't going to take no for an answer. I said, fair, fair. So when I came to Jesus, Jesus found me, transformed me, 2002. I gave up rap music because I hated rap music. Hear this. Why? Because I associated the soundtrack of rap with the soundtrack of death in my life. Weed wasn't legal back then, you know? So you know what it's like to be in the, when you're in the back of a cop car just because you want to get high. Our, our, our hit song was, How High Can You Get? Our hit to us. Like, <laughs> but that was, that was it. We wanted, like, that was what we wanted to do. And so when, I, when Jesus changed me, the last thing I wanted to be a part of was rap music, period. I was like, dude, all I know is rap has brought death. That stuff's gone. Someone in church comes up to me, thinking outside, comes and sees me. And he says, hey, I heard you rapped. I was like, yeah, I used to. Have you ever thought about rapping for God? And I said, huh, dude, God doesn't rap. That's an oxymoron statement. God doesn't rap. He's like, no, 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 here's a CD, T-Bone, Gospel Gangsters cross movement and I was like wow my experience my box that I placed on rap deceived me so my experiences of what that I've been inside I wasn't able to see outside for who gets the most credit who created music God so who created rap music God but who wants to use it for darkness Satan but who wants to see a movement God if you study the last like church history in the last 20 years, uh, Christian rap became a movement of God. There's a lot of pastors that are, were Christian rappers, and they all have very similar stories. They didn't know how the church would connect them, and God just started revival through rap music. And I thought, and this will sting a little bit, and I thought, why did it take so long? <laughs> Because the church wasn't willing to see outside that the, that the rap gift could actually be inside. We got to live outside the box so that we're not trapped in one. Because God doesn't want to just do that with rap music. I'm talking art. I'm talking video games, um, metal, gardening, working out. What are the things that make you different? That's what God wants to use best. I genuinely believe that. So here's how we're going to close. We're going to sing. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do His best work. What only He can do, customize this message for each one of us. Right here, right now. How do we need to see outside today? What have we seen if we've deemed something with our biases as bad? Maybe God wants to redefine it. What have been some of the complaining we've said, well, oh, I wish I could use this gift. Come on, you can, to the glory of God. Not the glory of self, but to the glory of God. And simply, if you're here and you don't know Jesus yet, he did live the sinless life. He did die on the cross and he rose from the dead. He promised to come back again. And he said that anyone who puts their faith, believes in their heart, confesses with their mouth, they will be born again, brand new, saved. 
It's that instant. We, we repent, we turn around from our dead end, our death life, and we turn into destiny. We turn to God and he gives us his best. No strings attached, unconditional love. But we gotta come and, and with, with losing our life, losing ourself. We can't come with our box. We just gotta see God take it all, take everything. You can pray that in your heart and instantly God will make you brand new. And I'd get connected. I would ask somebody here, like, what can I do next step? There's a TV in the hallway with a connection team ready to just help you understand what this journey can look like. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.